Joyce here. I know it's been a while, guys. I know it's been a while, but so much has happened. And I promised that, you know, in this podcast, I'll be speaking about relationships. And so after so long, um, I've decided to do a podcast, but not just myself, with a great friend and colleague of mine, Amy Jackson. And so you know, we're going to be talking about relationships. We're going to be talking about how to foster healthy, um, a healthy romantic relationship with a uh, key focus on tips on effective ways uh, to communicate. And we're just going to be having a general chit chat. There's no scripts. There's nothing that's been planned beforehand. We just want to give you guys some insight into our conversation and um, hope you benefit from it. Um, and so just a pre-warn, we are not experts, so we really encourage you just take what you can from it. If you see any, or if you hear anything useful, feel free to take from it, but we're just going to have a conversation. And so now I'm just going to take this time to introduce Amy. Um, Amy is a leadership coach. She has a passion for all things personal development. So we are on the same wavelength there. Um, she's a dedicated lifelong learner and dog lover and escape room lover. We have that in common as well. And um, she has been with her current partner for four and a half years. And we just love talking about relationships because they're so interesting. They're about people and it's just interesting. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about how to foster healthy healthy um, romantic relationships. And so, welcome, Amy. Hello, Joyce. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm very excited and honoured to be here. Uh, and I just love I love talking to you generally. So, what what a great way to spend part of my day. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so grateful that you're here, Amy, and that we get to talk about this, but on a podcast. And just thank you for giving up your time. Your time is very valuable. You you know, we don't get our time back. So the fact that you're dedicating this time to do this podcast with me, I'm just so grateful. So thank you. Thank um, you. Right. Let's, let's jump. Let's, let's just chat. Let's chat. So we're talking about how to foster a healthy romantic relationship and so like what are your thoughts Amy like when we think mm. about fostering a healthy romantic relationship um what what comes to mind yeah I think the word fostering is a really great thing to zero in on because for me it is this continuous process you know um we can talk about love in a really fixed way we can talk about relationships in a really fixed way as if you know we're trying to achieve something and then once we're there everything's going to take care of itself but that's certainly not been my experience it is a daily commitment a daily showing up putting the work in in the good times and in the the more difficult times and so I, I, yeah I really love the inclusion of that word um, and that's what comes to mind initially this idea of um personal development uh within a relationship it requires you to put the work in basically and that never stops absolutely absolutely and i like that you really mentioned about that daily commitment it's like choosing the person every day in the great times and in not so great times and actually that choice we all have as human beings and even i kind of see having the opportunity to have a relationship as a blessing it's like a it's a 
you know, especially for us that love personal development, it's like, what a way to grow, isn't it? Like learning another person. <laughs> it's a great way. It's constant. It's every day. Um, and so, yeah, that, that daily commitment is such a great thing to mention there. And so when we think about, you know, that daily commitment, what are some of the things that you do daily to show up and show that commitment? Oh, great question. So I think what's really on my mind at the moment, um, and of course, this will always be, there's, there's potential for this to always be a different response based on what I'm learning or how I've grown, because I completely agree with you, by the way, if you really want to fast track your personal growth, a relationship is a great way to do that, because you have a constant mirror to yourself. Mm. Um, but in terms of what I'm focusing on at the moment, I'm very, very aware of the fact that, yes, my partner is a person in front of me, but there's the person that's in front of me. And then there's also the person that I create in my thinking. Mm. Um, and so a big theme for myself is like, what is the story that I'm telling myself about my partner? Um, what is it that I am thinking about him and how is that feeding into how I'm treating him? Mm. Um, because it's like, how am I creating him at the moment? And that is a really, really big eye opener. Um, because I realized then it's not about them a lot of the time. It's about me. If I'm having frustrations or difficulties, it's like, right, what, what part am I playing in that? Um, and that can be quite a difficult, a difficult thing to process. So first of all, I'd say I'm trying to show up and pay attention to the story that I'm telling myself. Um, how I'm creating my partner through my thinking. Mm. And then also the second second piece that I'm really trying to commit to at the moment is sharing my appreciation, like mm -hmm. noticing and sharing my appreciation for as much as possible. Yeah. Um, because again, that the, the you know, my partner hears that, but I also hear that. And so that feeds into the first point of it creates um, a really positive representation of my partner. So they're my two things I'd say at the moment. I'm like squealing at the same time. Yes! <laughs> I am loving what you're saying, Amy. I am loving it because I just, there's so much to unpack there. I'm getting really excited. I calm myself down. <laughs> um, honestly, that is so true. I love that you said, you know, I loved the part about story because that's something that I've been thinking about as well. Like what is a story I'm creating with this information I'm holding in my head and in my experience. And so, you know, really, it sounds like you're taking ownership of your part to play because the relationship is two people, isn't it? Well, normal relationships are two people. So like um, romantic relationships. So actually saying what's my part in this is really a great way to approach the relationship and show up because we are creating in our thinking because of how we then respond so if we're seeing the world through you know I always like to give this example of um <clears throat> if someone showed <clears throat> a white piece of paper but you had blue tinted sunglasses on you would see blue and that's how you'll respond you might then say oh that's like the sky or that reminds me of the sea but actually the white sheet of paper is white but because of how you're viewing it, that's when you start behaving in that way. And so it's really important to be aware of that. Our story might not actually be true. 
they might just be a belief that we are holding. And so I really love that point. And um, also what you mentioned about appreciation, that touched my heart (laughs) because I love that. That's something um, my partner and I do daily is appreciate each other. Even the littlest things, if they share something personal with us, thank you for sharing that. Like that took courage to do that. And so appreciating those little things or appreciating just, you know, the more, the more you appreciate, the more it appreciates. So knowing that, yeah. So I really love that point that you made because it's so easy to take the other person for granted. It's so easy to get used to things like this is how they are um, and have that entitlement. But appreciating just takes the relationship to another level. And I love that point. I love that. I, I really think this point about kind of what filter are we seeing things through is so so important and we can think about it in the way of like how are we priming ourselves to show up as the best version of ourselves in this relationship because there's studies that show that how you interact with people can change based on whether you're holding a hot drink or whether you're holding a cold drink. It can literally affect the filter through which you see the world and you will Mm. be warmer towards people if you're holding a warm drink. Well, if we bring that across to our thoughts, what thoughts are we feeding ourselves with? What, What kind of filter does that put on us? And how does that then shape how we're showing up in our relationship? Like what, what filter do I need to put on? for me to be the best version of myself, but to also see my partner as the best version of themselves as well. Um, so I love that point. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm getting overexcited now. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we so much. Like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like, honestly, that's, um, that's an interesting word. You said priming, how are we priming mm. ourselves and like, and I'll be conscious of it you know, because it happens, everyone's doing it all the time. And so, you know, how are we viewing the world and, and that's how the world would then react to us because of how we're reacting to it. And it's almost like this loop, um, this back and forth. And, um, it's, it's really important to be conscious of it and intentional. I think, um, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. I think so. And and the point about intentionality there is so, so true. And I think this is this was a big learning for me. In the early stages of my relationship, it was it was much easier to be intentional about how I showed up because one, it's the new stage. So it's almost like the interview stage, right? You show mm-hmm. up and bring the best version of yourself. But also we weren't living together at that time. So we were dating. So we would see each mm-hmm. other a few times a week. And so because I was going into that time to meet my partner and to spend quality time with him, I showed up in a very specific intentional way. Mm. Well, you know, fast forward four and a half years and now we live together. It it can be very easy to stop being intentional about how you show up because that person has become so much of a part of your life. Mm. And actually um, it's really important to notice that and to, to try to still be be really intentional about yeah how you're showing up how you're treating your partner um and what you're telling yourself about them because there's kind of a lack of intentionality and also certainty that creeps in we think we know this person so well and so we stop being curious and we kind of interact more with the version of them that's in our head than the version of them that is actually out there 
Wow, that is such a great point. That is such a great... Oh, there's so much to unpack there as well. Um, but I like what you mentioned about being curious. And actually, when we're used to someone or something, it's maybe natural to not be curious, but actually to be intentional in that. Because actually, who they are today is actually quite different to who they were a year ago, two years ago, even a month ago. They could have grown qu quite significantly. And I think being curious rather than kind of judgmental of their actions is healthier for the relationship because there's, I always think there's always a reason why someone does something. We might not be aware of it, you know? Um, it's, it's been asking questions and also observing and having that time to communicate and and talk and so yeah that brings me on to kind of my next question to you which is about the communication now so how do we effectively communicate with our partner oof okay. well <laughs> I would definitely say that it's almost like pre-communication, I think is how I would describe it. Um, so what I mean by pre-communication as a tool is agreeing in advance how you're going to show up in the difficult times, because this was um, something that in my relationship we've struggled with when one of us or both of us are in a low mood, when we're not feeling at our best when we probably have those filters on that aren't allowing us to to show up as we'd want to it can be very difficult when you're not in the right place to unpack something with communication effectively because the communication's mm. coming through those filters and what has been an absolute game changer for our relationship i would say is having conversations in advance and sort mm. of pre-planning how we can connect in those moments because we form a shared language that is sort of anchored in a more neutral, positive state because that's when we agreed that that's what we would do. So the best example I can probably give for this was the first example that we used when we lived together, the first time we lived together, or the first few weeks of us living together, I should say. Um, and that was this concept of needing to empty the bucket. So the idea is, especially when you live together, there might be lots of little things that happen that go into, if you imagine an empty bucket, that go into the bucket but they're not big enough individually to fill the bucket. So you probably don't address them or talk about them. But then actually over time, your bucket starts to get quite full. And if you don't have an opportunity where you can empty the bucket by communicating with your partner in a safe way, uh, that's when you have arguments that aren't about the thing. So it's like, oh, you've left the milk on the side or you haven't shut the cupboard door. Well, it's probably not about that thing. It's about everything else that is causing the bucket to be full and overflow. So you literally have a conversation in advance to say, right, you know, this is the concept. This is what it means. This is what we'll do, which is I need to empty my bucket. Can we arrange a time to do that? And you arrange a time to do that so that you can both bring your best neutral selves to it. And you agree in advance that this isn't about accusation or blame. The purpose is to just empty the bucket, to get it out and share it and let the other person know what your experience has been. And all you need from them is to hear it and then thank you for sharing. It's not about getting into the nitty gritty. It's about going, this was my experience. 
I've been feeling quite full about it and I wanted to let you know. Wow. And that's super, super powerful. Because if we don't have the words in the moment, that I think is what leads to conflict because we then start talking about stuff or we get defensive. Um, but yeah, so pre-communication. I don't even know if that's like a proper term, but that's what I'm going to wow. call it. Yeah, no, that sounds great. I can imagine people like scribbling notes down like, oh yeah, I can try that. And actually that's really interesting to hear because um it's interesting because as you know currently I don't live with my partner um we'd love to get married and then um yeah further down the line and and um live together but that's interesting like that process that you've gone through and your reflections as well and so I like what you oh, this, again so much that you mentioned there <laughs> but oh agreeing in advance um what you're how you're going to communicate during difficult times mm. and understanding that and actually giving space for that and I like they said about shared language and we'll, we'll go more into that in a bit but you know when you're in that state where it is difficult you don't always bring your best self you don't when you're sick when you're tired um, when you're stressed, you're definitely not bringing your yeah. best self. So all of these things over time can contribute to how you communicate with your significant other. And um, it's when you said buckets, like, oh, yeah, there's little parts. It reminded me of um, of like a children's play like bucket. You know, when they had the little, little toys inside or little balls and actually these things can pile up and it's about emptying in a safe way and creating time to do that. And so you also mentioned about bringing your natural, you know, your best natural self. So coming kind of in a place where you're not creating stories and then entering the conversation, because that could lead to a lot of conflict, but a time where you can be neutral and hear what the person's saying because a lot of times we don't actually hear or listen to what the person's saying. We're either waiting to respond or we want to defend ourselves. Like you said, we can get really defensive. So ooh, there is so much I want to ask about this here. So how do you empty in a safe way? Mm, yeah. So I think definitely having an understanding about what that looks like for both of you and what you need from the other. So I guess in the coaching world, we would call it contracting, but, you know, don't just get into the conversation. Um, have, you know, a pre-brief, right? What is this going to look like? Um, what do we need from the other person? Am I sharing this for a response or a discussion? Or do I just want you to sort of hear what I'm saying? Uh, even maybe, you know, you might even want to say, these are some of the things that make me feel really listened to. It would be helpful if you kept eye contact with me. Let's agree to not have any devices in the room. Um, please don't interrupt me, etc, um, etc. Et and then maybe even pre-agree what you might do if one of you does start to get uncomfortable, if one of you does start to feel the need to defend yourselves. What are you going to do in that situation? So if I'm saying about something and I have the best intention to share it in a really positive way or at least just get it out of my bucket and I'm not doing it to accuse my partner but if he feels for whatever reason based on his own experience his own triggers if he feels triggered 
what are we going to do? Because if we don't have a plan, he could potentially snap at me, I'll snap at him back. And then what was supposed to be a positive experience won't be. So pre-agree, what mm. does, you know, what does this space look like? How do we create that? And what are we going to do if we if it starts to go wrong? <laughs> yeah. I think would be... Wow. Yeah, that's a really good, um, I'm going to use one of your, your phrases, a really good shout. Um, <laughs> <laughs> me and Amy have spent a lot of time together. Um, <laughs> and um, I think that, wow, those are really, really great questions to kind of reflect on. And yes, normally, um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, um, Amy's a leadership coach, so am I. So, you know, um, coaching is really um, a passion for the both of us. And you know, thinking about these questions, how can I empty in a safe way? What does that look like for us? Because, you know, I, I am going to ask you for a practical example, but just to caveat that, to to know that it might not be all of our examples. It might not work for all of us, but actually this is what you do. And so mm. I wanted to ask, like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, it can look very different depending on how full my bucket is, what filter I have on and how urgent it is that I bring the thing up. So I have a, <laughs> I have a really, really recent example that I can share actually. And this was, yeah, and this is very, very different to what emptying our bucket used to look like at the very beginning of us living together um, because we have practiced it more. We both can sort of judge each other better, but and I'm sure he won't mind me sharing this, but my partner had put his shoes on to leave the house. In, he'd put them on in the hallway. There is a rug specifically to protect the carpet and his shoes were muddy. And so um, there were like dried pieces of mud, not just on the rug, but all over the carpet as well. And I was getting ready to go out. He'd left before I saw it. And so then I ended up hoovering up this mud before I left. And I am self-admittedly, you know, a bit of a clean freak. I do really like things to be quite tidy. So that's been a, a balancing act for us. But as soon as I saw this mud, oh my goodness, the filter came down. And the story I was telling myself was, you know, that's it, he's made a mess again and just leaving me to clear it up. Da, 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 da. I've got to go out, I'm going to be late. So I'm telling myself all these things, he's the um, villain in this mm -hmm, mm -hmm. X, X, Y, Z. But I notice that that's what I'm doing. I can feel it in my body. I'm noticing the thoughts. Now, this could be something that in the earlier stages, I would have waited until I felt more calm. I would have waited until we had like a scheduled emptying the bucket um, time. But I didn't this time. I felt like I had enough awareness and when he came back in from his walk I felt that his energy was also receptive enough and so I walked up to him as he came in and I put my hands on his shoulder no before I did that I said I need to talk to you about something it might be difficult to hear and his reaction to that made me know that he was in an okay place to hear it just by him sort of nodding and saying okay and standing still ready to listen and I put my hands on his shoulders <laughs> <laughs> and then I put one hand on his chest and I looked at him dead in the eye and I said, I love you. This isn't about you. I just need you to hear this because it's driving me insane. Yeah. <laughs> I said, when you left, there was mud all over the carpet and I love you and I know you didn't do it on purpose. I just need you to pay more attention because it it just really, really like upsets me. And, he, 
I'm, I'm kind of partly laughing as I'm saying it because he knows the state I'm in and obviously I'm doing this all quite dramatically um and he just was very reciprocal so he was like I understand I'm sorry I didn't mean to do it I didn't realize and it was all done and dusted and the bucket was empty whereas if I'd kept that in I probably would have bitten his head off the next time he did it and it would have escalated into an argument oh my gosh that is beautiful I mean I have to account for that that is amazing that is amazing it's interesting because um when I did a, a pre-marital course um something um and and you know I love personal development so getting advice from here then and um everywhere and someone said you know when you're in a heated discussion um or there's something going on like those two kind of phrases, I love you, I'm sorry, are very powerful. Mm. And I love that you were aware enough to understand what state you were in. You were truthful to yourself to know that this is actually something that is irritating me. Like, I'm not just going to sweep it under the rug and say, what the rug is doing? So, like, you know, literally. Because I'll make even more of you like, oh my gosh, you're not ignoring it. You're acknowledging it. You're giving it space and saying, actually, this is important to me. And I, I realize a story. And so many of us do that. Like, this person doesn't care clearly, unless they won't do this. If they love me, they'll take out the rubbish, you know, all this stuff. But acknowledging, okay, this is story. This is really important right now. And so when he came back, I just loved that. The body language was there as well, but it was intentional. It was, I looked at him in the, his eyes and we know that our eyes like other window to the soul. So he, I looked in his eyes. I, you know, put my hands on his shoulders and touched his chest and that's the heart. Yeah. And so that's really intentional. Touched his chest and said, I love you. That's the first thing. It wasn't, you don't love me. Cause if you did, you wouldn't leave your shoes. You know, it was, I love you. And because I do, I want to talk to you about this. Um, and he apologised, which is, again, the powerful words. And, and that's sometimes that's what we need to, to hear. And it's putting the pride aside and saying, you know what, this I can see that this hurt my partner. It might be the smallest thing. It could be the smallest thing. Someone clipping their fingernails or whatever it is. But because I love my partner, I'm going to acknowledge what she has said. And I'm going to apologize and try to not do it again. And that's mature. That takes emotional maturity as well. Um, mm. And I love that. I just, oh, I love that. So good. Capture that on, <laughs> on podcast. <laughs> and everyone's probably thinking that poor guy. <laughs> no, I'm sure there's... Mad. <laughs> oh, no, I think a lot of people would resonate. Definitely a lot of people would resonate <laughs> because we like things our way, isn't it? And we're used to certain way of doing things and I'm very very tempted to ask about mental load but <laughs> before we go into that huge <laughs> topic um I just yeah I just want to give some time and space to yeah acknowledge that process and that's beautiful and actually discussing going back to what you said before the example kind of discussing what it looks like I'm guessing that you guys have already had that conversation and so you know how this looks like for us um and just being conscious of that and actually saying what you need you know what I need is this is it that you want to just vent is it that you want your partner to just listen or do you want advice I mean I'm a very solution focused person so if I bring a problem 
it's not necessarily to vent, though I know a lot of people do like to do that, but I'm looking at how do I move forward from this? Um, but some people don't like that. So it's, it's being aware of what your partner needs. And I love that. Me and my partner are not going to talk this evening. <laughs> We're going to have some pretty like conversations. What do you need from me in this time? I love it. Um, I oh. think what you've just said there is so powerful. Like knowing that we... As, as much as we might know our partner really, really well, we should never assume that we know what they need in the moment. And actually, that is one of the most powerful communication tools is when somebody is being vulnerable or sharing or they're seeming a little bit frustrated or whatever it might be, if they seem out of sorts or they're sharing something with you, ask, what do you need from me right now? And then you can follow that up with a few suggestions. You could you could say, you know, do you need some space? Do you need me close? Do you want me to ask you questions? Do you want to talk through this? Do you want me to just listen? Like, do you want me to run you a bath? Like, what do you, what what would be most helpful for mm-hmm. you right now? Mm-hmm. And and saying that from a place of um, absolute love is so expansive for the person mm-hmm. who receives and hears that because. It just gives them permission to be where they are right now without feeling yeah. that they need to be something different. Um, mm. So I just wanted to catch that because that's so, so powerful. Mm, such a great point. Such a great point. And not assuming what the needed, because sometimes, and this kind of relates to love languages as well, it's assuming that what you think you think the other person might need what you need. So, mm-hmm. you know, not having that conversation means that you're responding based on what you would want. But actually, they might not want that. Again, with love languages, we, you know, don't want to give up on us just the love language that we want. It's about what they want. And it's about, you know, it's like serve, having that intentional server, um, like serving mentality that I'm here to um, support you. I'm here to love you. I'm here to give you what it is you need. And I see love as in a given, almost like love is give. So I need to give you what it is that you need. And so I love that you mentioned that. Um, and I love that. It's like yeah. love is give. Like love is love is an act of service. It's, a, it's yeah. an ongoing act of service to the other. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's um, <laughs> me and my partner went to a restaurant um yesterday evening and um we were talking and we were talking and um at the end so something that he always does he always like takes my jacket and he holds it for me to put my and I was just like oh so lovely and I did the same for him but we do that so much it's like we don't realize it until like someone says something or looks at us in a funny way and I'm just like why are they looking at us and then I realized that actually it's because we're serving each other like constantly um and I and I feel like that really helps us foster a healthy relationship. And I love being with him because it's just amazing. You know how much I love him because I talk about him mm. all the time. But it's, it's, it's that kind of put you first. What do you need? So I love that you mentioned that. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh, so much. I love that. I love that. That's like almost like a little ritual for you both. Like it's a, it's something that you started doing that now if one of you didn't do, you'd be like, oh, why, like, why, why wasn't that? Why didn't that happen? And actually, especially when you live together, I'd really, really 
encourage you to think about what those routines and rituals can be for you because Mm. something that we do that just developed unintentionally but now we do intentionally because it it is that thing that just keeps us together and keeps us close Mm -hmm. is that whenever somebody gets in and that one of us is already in the house we always come to the door and like have a kiss and say you know welcome back and then we can go off and do our thing we always make the effort to go and greet the person and then also whenever one of us leaves one of us we we live in a block of flats so the other one will stand at the door waving until they get into the lift (laughs) that is so cute (laughs) but it's like it's one of those things where it'd be easy to deprioritize it when we're busy Mm. or we're rushing or maybe I've got a meeting to go to or but actually it's it's our thing and so yeah Oh, that is so lovely. That is so lovely, Amy. I love that. I'm writing that down like that. I'm glad this isn't recording. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm going red because I'm just can't believe I shared that. But that is so lovely. That's so lovely. I think um it's it's your thing and that is you know, so many just because so many people might even start doing that just because they've heard that. So thank you for sharing that (laughs) and that's how you continue your connection and that is so sweet oh I love that I wanted to ask you to um if you're comfortable to share with us about your color coding Mm, um yeah what's what's what is that can you share with us (laughs) and um, enlighten us (laughs) yeah so this is probably a a continuation of the pre-communication um so I noticed that I guess it comes from this place of what mood am I in? What um, energy am I am I in or am I bringing to um, the relationship in any given moment? And I'm sure people can relate to this. Sometimes you feel quite maybe frantic or anxious or your brain's going quite quickly. So in, you're in this like heightened state of awareness. So that's one state. And I would describe that as a red state. It could also be angry. It could be frustrated could be agitated stressed whatever it is for you then you've got like a green state which is at your most centered at your most neutral settled Um, and then you've got a blue state which is like not much energy tired disengaged maybe a bit shut down you don't feel like being around people you don't really want to make the effort um, to have to communicate or talk you probably just want to sit in a dark room with a book or watching something mindlessly Mm -hmm. on Netflix Um, And it was recognizing these different states, understanding how they represented for each of us and then putting the colors to it so that actually we can now we've got shared language to very quickly let the other person know where we're at. And so (laughs) an example of this recently was, oh, my goodness, I'm going to sound like a nightmare girlfriend, but basically... Basically, well, I'm not a nightmare girlfriend. No. I'm a human. Exactly. <laughs> goes I have through... permission to be a human. This is who you are and it's fine. Trust me. Like, this is great. Even hearing your thought process, it's like you actually are so conscious and so aware. And I love that. Oh, yeah. But I don't want to. Yeah, please continue. <laughs> no. Yeah. So I was in a very agitated state and you know, as ladies, this can be for many reasons. It could be hormonal. It could be, it could be whatever. So I definitely notice at a certain time each month, I just get irrationally angry about everything. And I mean, 
everything. And I noticed it recently after we'd introduced this color coding system because everything my partner did, I just wanted to rip his head off. Like he was breathing the wrong way. He was moving the wrong way. He, his existence was an annoyance to me in this moment. <laughs> Poor man. And actually what might have happened in the past is I wouldn't have been aware of that. I wouldn't have been aware of the story. And I would have put that state. I heard someone say this the other day. I would have hung that state on him. And I would have just believed all of the reasons I was telling myself that he was responsible for how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. But we're, nobody else can ever be responsible for how we feel. We are solely responsible for how we feel. And so actually I said to him, I am feeling so red. I was like, I feel really red. I feel really agitated. And I even said to him, because we have this level of rapport and pre-communication and all of this stuff. I said, like, you are doing absolutely nothing wrong. And again, I love you. And I just want to rip your head off. And I don't know why. That just gives him some context, right? It lets him know, maybe I need a little bit of space. Or if I am feeling, if he is feeling a little bit of resistance or frustration from me, he knows it's not personal. Because I've just said to him, this is my feeling. This is where I'm at. And it's actually nothing to do with you. And I'm sorry if it feels like some of this is to do with you. It's not. And even just saying it out loud, you move through it so much quicker. Mm, I love that. Ah, um, (laughs) (laughs) You, something I've noticed with the two examples you've given regarding how both of you communicate and interact is, again, your sense of ownership of how you're feeling and your intentional effort to put him at ease even when you're presenting information that he might not be so happy hearing it's the i you're not doing anything wrong so let's just let's just clarify that so then he there's no need for him to be defensive because you acknowledge he i mean there might be some things that he's doing wrong but you're saying i'm taking ownership of this you're not doing anything wrong but i feel and just being aware of that um is so so important and putting that colour to it and a pre-agreeing about that. And when we set things up like that, then people don't take it personally. And then they can support you in a better way because you've given this information, what do they do with it? But that you know, their way it's, it's not a personal attack. Um, so then you're not attacking the person's character. You're saying, This is how I'm feeling, this is what's going on. And so at that point the other person can say, okay, so what do you need from me? What do you need? Do you want to just sit and watch a movie? Do you want space? Like, what is it you need? And so I wanted to ask you, when you don't know what you need, because there's times like that, there's times that we can feel really agitated and we can't really put, this happens to me sometimes, I can't put words to how I'm feeling, but I know I'm feeling a certain way. And so in the past, what I would do, like, if I'm really agitated, I would, like, write how I'm feeling and give it to my partner, <laughs> you know? Um, so that's one form of communication. But when you don't know what it is you need, what do you, mm, what do you do? That's such a good question. And I'm just thinking back through some recent examples of when I felt a certain way. And, and that particular example where I was just really frustrated, um, I I didn't actually... I just carried on doing what I was doing. I think I was frantically cleaning. That's my go-to in a red state. Um, And actually, 
I just carried on doing what I was doing because that's what I felt compelled to do in that moment, mm-hmm. knowing that it would pass, but that what I needed was for him to not interact with me during that mm-hmm. time. So just leave me to do my thing. And then ultimately, I think we had some plans. Oh, this was on the day that we went for the um, clay pigeon shooting, the the electronic clay pigeon yeah. shooting. And actually, I said that out loud, we got ready, and then we were making jokes out of it a little bit, and I was still feeling the frustration, and we were walking mm. to to get the train. Um, and actually, just saying it out loud, a lot of the power dissipated. Mm. But I guess the flip side of that is if you don't know what you need, just go with what you feel go with what feels right in the moment like you said you will write things down uh if there's there's no reason to judge what you're doing is wrong i guess you know if i'm frantically cleaning because i'm in a red state keep going with it until it, until some of that yeah. passes mm-hmm. um i think a lot of time we're really tempted to especially when we have the awareness that we're not in our optimal state we try and really rush the process of getting back to it but i think there's a lot of uh, resistance that that can create because then we're not just feeling mm-hmm. the way we don't want to feel we're upset about the fact that we don't feel how we want to feel or we're frustrated about it and so there becomes another level of like suffering on top of yeah. that whereas I think sometimes if we can give ourselves space to observe how we're feeling to be with how we're feeling mm. and then move forwards from it so I don't feel like yeah. I properly answered your question but <laughs> it was really helpful I think what, it is important to give space to what you're feeling like and that's why I said I like that you acknowledge how you're feeling with the other examples as well because it's that awareness I'm feeling this way and we don't want to feel this way in this moment but this is how we do like that that is the reality and so doing what you feel best as long as it's not negatively impacting another person um it needs to ride out you need to give it space it's like our thoughts it's like someone saying you know don't think of a pink elephant you're gonna think of a pink elephant because you know they've just said that you know you have to give that space and then allow it to you know ride its course and and pass and things always pass they they always do that's how life works and so yeah allowing that to allowing that to to happen um when you were speaking earlier you you know the the two words that kind of stuck out to me was story and state and being aware of these two things what's the story I'm telling myself about this person and what's what state am I in and I think being able to put yourself in the other person's shoes like this get comes back to what I mentioned earlier about how there's always a reason for someone to do something. If you're able to put yourself in their shoes, then mm. that can help you manage the story that you're telling them that you're telling yourself. Um, and yeah, I love giving that. that space for that understanding. It's really, really, really key. And so. I want to ask you, Amy, um, oh, I'm loving this conversation. I actually don't want it to end. Um, so actually, is there anything else you wanted to add um, to, to it for ask you the last question? Um, I think just on what you just said then is so, so powerful, the, the story and the state. And we can bring that up into a like a point to one point. And that would be, who am I being in this moment? 
And who do I need to be in order to see the gold in my partner right now? Oh, repeat that, please. Say that again. (laughs) It's like, who am I being right now? And who do I need to be in order to see the gold in my partner right now? Because our being is made up of our story and our feelings or our state. Um, So who are we being? Because it's anything we do comes from our being. It comes from whoever we're being in a moment. And that's why there could be two people who view another person's actions in a very, very different way. I might get really agitated by my partner, but somebody else might view that differently. But also on different days, I am that different person, right? On certain days, my partner could do something that I look at him and I'm like, I see and I appreciate him for something that's happening in that moment. And then another day he could be doing the same thing. And because of the story, because Mm -hmm. of who I'm being, Mm -hmm. I am creating him in a certain way. And therefore... I reap the 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 disbenefit of that. Mm. So I think who do I need to be in order to just appreciate and love and see the gold in my partner right now is is such a powerful a powerful thing. I love that. I love that, guys. I know on the podcast you've been hearing me say, I love that, I love that. It's because I do. This is this <laughs> is gold. This is gold. And um, who am I being right now and who do I need to be to see the gold in my partner? Like if we all had that mindset, if we all try to remember that and ask ourselves that question, because in the presence of the question, the mind thinks differently. So mm. asking effective questions is really important in how we show up. And so, yeah, how can I, what can I do or who do I need to be to see the gold in a partner because they're the they're our partners for a reason and Mm. we saw gold and you know they might not do the exact same things they used to do might show up differently because of the different circumstance you know um how can I see the gold in them do I remember something that I have mentioned like um you know this Amy I have a digital photo frame there it is oh (laughs) (laughs) it's off at the moment yeah like each morning it switches on um, automatically and it'll just roll the pictures from our dates and when we've gone pottery when we've gone miniature golf when we've like oh just done so many different things or even just had a meal it reminds me of the great times that we've had and I am very grateful for him because he's a spectacular man he's amazing um and I and I see that and we appreciate that everything that is done you know if um he takes me somewhere in the car like thank you for driving me like you didn't have to do that but you chose to and appreciating those little things um yeah just yeah I'm just thinking about all the wonderful things now so now I'm like smiling and getting into my own world but um I love that you mentioned again I'm creating him because that's what you mentioned at the start of it and it's um yeah thinking about that I'm creating what I'm seeing and again the ownership you're taking ownership there and we can't control how people react we can't control what happens but we can control ourselves and we can control how we react to to things and so I think this is what's good when you come with from a neutral state, I'm speaking to you now in a neutral state. So I'm really hearing what you're saying. I'm loving what you're saying. I'm here. But I need to reflect like 
you know, when there's a time of the month and like red <laughs> is happening, you know, being conscious is that awareness as well, that self-awareness, um, because wherever we put out, we're going to reap the benefit of or the disbenefit, like you said. Um, so yeah, such, such golden nuggets, such golden nuggets, (laughs) such golden nuggets. I love, I love. And so, you know, it brings me to my final question, which will be like, what's the main tip you would give to fostering a healthy relationship? Mm, I think the top tip would be agree in advance what you're going to do in the difficult times um it's like preparing for the worst case scenario so that you can both show up in the best way possible because difficult times will happen we are humans having a very very human experience and and um even the best, most positive, constructive relationships, there will be disagreements, there will be difficult times, there will be arguments. So agreeing in advance mm. how you're going to show up during those difficult times um, is really, really powerful. Mm, I love that, how you're going to show up. I love that and because I am blue personality I love this pre-prepared advanced preparation (laughs) (laughs) I'm really so so for it and um I love that yeah agreeing in advance what you're going to do in the difficult times because difficult times will show up and I think if we give ourselves time to think about that and talk about that and communicate about that we can better serve our partner we can better serve the person that we're choosing to be with every day. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I've got I've got one more top tip if I can have two. Of course, okay, you can <laughs> top three tips. We've changed the top three tips. <laughs> well, my second one is actually fundamental to even before that point. The reason that conflict happens is because when there's something going on, we end up seeing the person in front of us as separate from us and we see them as our adversary. It becomes me versus you. And my other top tip for you to agree with your partner is that you're on the same team. And so it's never and it should never be you versus them. It should always be the two of you against Mm -hmm. the problem. Mm -hmm. So that would be my other top tip. Always make sure you're on the same team. Ooh. and if oh. you find yourself talking about it using language that makes it sound like it's the other person reframe it change the language so that you're talking about us what do what can we do about this problem so you place the problem out there um and the two of you together love that love that and actually that's something that was mentioned on the premarital course um oh. my partner and I did and they said oh gosh can't remember what you called it so far something about so far but I remember the the meaning of it um was that you and your partner um three so far and two so far that's what it was called so when there's a disagreement or there's a hard time or something's going on conflict a lot of times people are on the um three so far so far so they're sitting on one side the left and the right and then the problem is between them and so what they could do is take that problem and put it in front of them on the table and move to mm. two seater so far. So then the problem is not within you or I, it's this. So how do we tackle this thing in front of us and being on the same team? 
and that's really important and it's and it's it's not a natural thing to do especially if you haven't come from that environment or seen that happen but it's knowing that you're on the same yeah you're on the same team and I love that intentional use of the word we what can we do about this and so I love that okay you've got one more so yeah you've got another tip so top three so I'll give you some time to think but the first one you said is agree in advance Mm. what you're going to do um during the difficult times how you're going to show up the second one is um don't see the person as the adversary always ensure you're on the same team um Mm. and use language like what can we do what's your third one um the third one I think has to be and this is only because it's been a game changer for me personally and me and my partner in our relationship um particularly because we're very different characters and so our states can often be very different but for us just making it really normal to speak out loud how we're feeling um so you know using that color coding or whatever works for you just really normalize like letting people know rather than assuming that they should know you well enough to know that you're in an xyz state because by saying it out loud you're telling yourself but then you're also telling them there's a lot of power in it and it can stop a lot of miscommunications in in their track because another example i can think of is if my partner comes in and he's had a really busy day and i've been at home by myself working from home i might have a need in that moment for connection but if he comes in and his energy is low and he's drained and he needs some time before we had this tool i would feel um i would take it personally i would take him wanting space or him being quiet or him not really communicating with me personally whereas now if he comes in and says I'm feeling a bit blue. I'm like, is there anything I can do? What do you need? And he's like, I'm just going to go and watch TV in the bedroom or I'm going to go and do this. And then I leave him to it and I don't take it personally because I know it's nothing to do with me because we've said it out loud. He's said it out loud. So, Oh, I love that. You know, normalising, speaking out loud about how you're feeling. Um, mm. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that, that is a game changer, isn't it? Because of even that example that you've given given right there um and it's almost in my as you were speaking it just reminded me of like bringing like from darkness to light like something in a dark to light and you're helping show your partner but also you're saying it to yourself as well so you can hear it sometimes we experience things differently when it's out loud you know um yeah and so that's really powerful um, and then it en- enables the person to not take things personally. Um, I love that. Oh, can't wait to listen to this back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, such, such great tips and wisdom shared. And um, thank you for being so open and honest with me um, in this journey and uh, with the world as well as we, as we share <laughs> this. Um I don't think you're a terrible um, partner at all. This is real. Um, and so um, I just, yeah, I want to say thank you, Amy. And I love our conversations. They're always so intellectually stimulating. I'm just like, oh, yes. But not just that. They're enjoyable because as personal development lovers, it's like, how can we be better? And it's not that we're not enough as we are, but how can we grow and how can we be more effective 
as partners in our work, in, in our day to day. And it's a constant learning experience. And I love that I can have this with you. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I, well, I enjoy every conversation with you, Joyce, you know that. Um, and you mentioned about mental load earlier, and we absolutely have to get into that at some point. So yes. maybe, maybe we'll do a, an episode two. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. I love the sound of that. Um, that is definitely a big topic and um, something you've had experience in. So I would love to yeah, hear your process on that. Right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you gained some value from it. Um, it was a little bit of a different one. So I hope that it's something that's been encouraging to you. And um, as I mentioned, we're not experts, but we're just sharing our conversations. This is how we have our conversations. So I just wanted to share with you and I hope that you're blessed by it. And um, yeah, looking forward to hearing some great feedback. Again, thank you, Amy. And ciao for now. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening.